Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back, everybody, to the Game to Love podcast. If you're really enjoying the content, don't forget, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, share it with everybody that you know that loves tennis. On this week's episode, we've got a very, very special guest. It's Belgian sensation. It's king of the ITFs. It's Michael Gertz. Great to have you on the podcast, Michael. And uh, yeah, how has everything life been for you in quarantine since uh, this hiatus started? Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be part of this uh this meeting and uh yeah life has been a little bit weird the last couple of weeks um there wasn't too much tennis the last couple of weeks for me um i do came out of a period of injury so i was almost ready to go back on court again but then uh, the quarantine came and uh yeah it was all back inside and uh, just uh not a lot of practice last few weeks um but yeah hopefully everything gets back to normal uh, pretty soon and we can start our daily routines again hopefully yeah, I think the best place to start here is 2019 because looking at, we watch quite a lot of your games because we follow a lot of the ITFs and awesome. you seem to be the man on the ITF, man, in, 20, in 2019. For sure, <laughs> yeah. It up. <laughs> yeah, my last part of 2019 was, uh, yeah, I was really happy about that one. Um, to be honest, in, in the in the beginning of, of 20, 2019, I was still a little bit struggling. Um, I, I, went, I went to college uh, in 2016-17 um actually after after uh three years of being on tour and uh, it just gave me a lot of new new insights in tennis and i worked with some uh, interesting people and it was the first time also in my life i was uh, um yeah particip- participating competition with a team you know which is yeah you know quite yeah it's it's something different than just arizona wasn't it is that yeah, right I went, yep arizona state uh for a year and a half it was a uh, it was a reins, uh, they reinstated the program after uh, 10 years of absence and uh, yeah, it, was, it was just super cool to be part of, of the new team and there was a lot of uh, hype around it and people were excited in the area because there wasn't like too much of a tennis community so we really tried to uh, bring back the new program with a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of uh, different events also apart from the tennis, tennis uh, competition and it was uh, it was a great time and then uh but yeah definitely 20 2019 the end was was uh, super super fun i had a lot of fun actually on court off court i mean probably the results were a big part of that yeah sure. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, we had a lot of fun watching you as well we were always watching as, not all the games are streamed so it's difficult to see all of them but mm-hmm. the ones we got to see we loving it yeah. yeah yeah i was really enjoying my time on court to be honest uh I was I was playing a lot in the states. Um, I really yeah. I really like playing in the states. You know, with housing and the people are always super excited to see some tennis and and um, yeah, I was really really stoked for 2020. But then uh, after my last tournament, um, I got injured uh, on my knee, uh, oh, wow. and some some few scans later, it appeared to be a 
tendon inflammation. So um, of the of my my, my quadricep, the, the it was actually the attachment with the kneecap. So it was yeah, just a stupid tendon, let's say small tendon inflammation. But it took it took almost yeah five months. So oh, wow, so how's that now? Is it much better now? Yeah, it got better. Um, I was actually beginning of March. Um, I went to the States again after already four months, uh, three and a half months of, of rehab. Uh, I could startly, slow, uh, startly, uh, uh, slowly play tennis again and, uh, you know, um, start everything up. And uh, so I went to the States because uh, my coach started working with uh, Kleisters in her, uh, in her okay. comeback. Yeah, and, yeah uh, did really well. As well. Yeah, and she was like, "Oh, it's you know, it's great seeing you on court again. So why don't you join us to the states? So you can just practice with the coach and you know restart your uh, your tennis practices." Uh, so then I went to the states. I, I went to uh, to Indian Wells with with the team, and uh, yeah, I was I was ready to get back on court um, slowly but steadily or steady, I, I would say. Yeah. And uh, but then the quarantine came. I flew back home after after a week and a half or two weeks or something. Um, and um, yeah, eight weeks later, just uh, trying to uh, to start again. Yeah. So when, with that injury, did you uh, were you feeling like the it was a sort of something that was coming on, or was it a sudden injury in the like the last tournament? Because I know that you got to the final against uh, Hugo Gaston, and then yeah. was that when the injury occurred in that match? Or yeah, actually, um, the courts at Oklahoma were like super rough. Um, so every time when we were like sliding, it was it was super tough for the knees. Um, and I think that was kind of like the tournament where the injury started. Okay. Um, then the next week, I went to Claremont. Also played well that week. Played a lot of matches. And starting in this like the quarter semis, I really started to feel something was bothering me, and it was it was getting more serious. Um, and then I had one more week planned in, in Waco and I was like, okay, you know, I've been playing really well last two weeks. I'm just going to go and see how everything works out. And then eventually I play well again. You know, it was maybe also because of my knee, I was so relaxed on court. I don't know why I was maybe thinking about my knee more than about <laughs> the actual tennis game. I don't know. It was, it was strange. I was just feeling so relaxed on the court. And yeah, I ended up winning the, the tournament again. And I was like, wow, like this is great. Um, but the, the final against Rybikov played a 7-6 in the third. And afterwards, I just felt, okay, my knee is, is done for the moment. Um, and then I flew home. And yeah. I went to the, to the doctor. And um, he took a scan and he said, yeah, you know, it's a tendon problem. I mean, it's, I think it should take around six weeks. Um, and I was like, okay, because I still had my exams in my university in January of my, my master's. And I was like, okay, is there any chance I could still play two tournaments and then finish the season and take you know six weeks off because i have exams i need to study anyway so it doesn't doesn't really matter and he was like yeah sure you can still play two weeks um those two weeks actually went also decently well second week i played finals and then afterwards i came home i rested for a week and a half and i couldn't walk anymore i was oh, my wow. knee was yeah i couldn't go up the stairs anymore and i was like okay something's really off like this is not normal went to another specialist and he was like okay like this is a this is you know, pretty bad, honestly. I've I've barely seen such an such an inflammation, and I was like, oh, great. <laughs> so I had I had uh, cortisone, I had two PRP shots, I had shockwave, so I had all those kind of treatments, um, and then together with some rest, and then yeah, now five months later, finally feels feels good to go. Oh, perfect. 
Yeah. So in a way, really, this come at a, not not the worst time then for you really to stop to disrupt your rhythm. You need yeah. time to recover. Yeah, like actually, Federer, really. Yeah, actually, to be honest, I was like, uh, when when um when I when I finished my season and I and I knew my knee was was feeling bad, I was like, ah, oh, like this this isn't great because I had um barely any points to defend this part of the season. So I was like, okay, like I'm so pumped to go after my exams. I'm 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 ready to go, and I was uh, you know almost my career high and no points to defend so i was like okay this is perfect situation um but then my knee started feeling bad and then quarantine came and then eventually it wasn't actually such a bad period to be injured let's say um i was a little bit lucky because i was doubting if it, if it was necessary to file for a protected ranking and then eventually i did in in february and luckily i did because um i don't think you can ask a protected ranking actually uh during during quarantine or during the corona crisis so i still have my protected ranking um that i can still use after the corona crisis but yeah i don't know when so, so what's this the protected ranking because i know the rankings are frozen at the moment is that anything to do yeah. with that or um so my protected is 370 um so that was okay. my ranking in i think beginning of january um yeah. and then i dropped a little bit during the months of january february to 400 and now um so yeah I, now i can just use my predictor ranking for nine tournaments i think uh in the okay uh, so this for tournament entries mainly is is this right. but it's beautiful exactly. okay yeah yeah exactly it's just for tournament entry i mean if if the competition restarts i mean i'm still gonna drop probably because i need to defend my points or i don't know but I can still use my protected ranking to enter the oh. tournament. And, uh, That's interesting because I never knew that at all. So I'm glad, yeah. glad you said that with me. Yeah, yeah. protected ranking is for, for, let's say, for injured players is crucial. I mean, uh, you, yeah. Can, yeah. you can be injured for six months. You can drop to, I don't know, you can drop 200 spots and, and suddenly you have to you know, play futures again or, or for the ATP guys play challengers again. And that's actually a way to get into those higher tournaments with your protected ranking. Um, you need to be injured for at least six months um and then you you can you can file for a, or you can um yeah you can have a particular ranking yeah mm, interesting so um just to touch on a point you made earlier about college tennis before you was playing on the tour then you went to college tennis and now you're back on tour yep how important was college tennis for your uh, like personal progression because like you said, the latter end of 2019 you was on on fire on the court so yeah. do you feel like the college sort of scene is so influential to you growing as a player because there's a lot of other players, especially in America, like coming through young players and they're all doing so well. And it sort of makes me think, is this college tennis something to do with their, anything to do with how much, how, how much success they're getting at the moment? Yeah, honestly, I do think, um, especially in Europe, it's getting better the last couple of years, but um, I think college tennis is undervalued um, in Europe. Um, when I I was in the federation, um, the Flemish federation, from my uh, since I was ten years old until I was twenty, um, that moment uh, there were some financial problems, and I was four hundred at that moment too, and they were like, ah, it wasn't what we were hoping for, and uh, so I, I couldn't. They, they didn't extend my contract, and mentally I was a little bit in a in a you know tough situation. I didn't really know what to do because I was ten years in the same setting, and suddenly I was I was out of the federation, and I was like, okay, what now? Yeah. Yeah, and then then um, I was a little bit lucky. I directly started university after I graduated high school, so I was still eligible to go to college. Um, and then this uh, Arizona State contacted me and said, "Hey, uh, 
we're, we're uh, reinstating a new, new program. What do you think? Are you interested? And I was like, look, I can come for an official visit. You know, at that time, I, I had never been to the States. So I was like, okay, great. Um, I mean, and it was during a football weekend. Uh, it was super crowded. I mean, the university is huge. Like, we have no idea about all those college sports and college events and the hype around it. You know, in, in, in Europe, in my university, it's just you go to class, you do your exams, and for the rest, you... <laughs> You barely like, go to, to to campus, you know. It's uh, yeah, no. America is different. It's like a whole yeah. festival around exactly it. Like a lot exactly. of drinking involved. <laughs> yeah, not, I'm I'm gonna try to stay professional here. But yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> I I do have to admit I, I enjoyed my time when I when I was there and um, yeah, I just met met a lot of new people. Um, met met some new coaches who gave some new um, who gave me some new um. Yeah, feedback and and I really started to enjoy the sport again. And I think when I when I came out of college, I, I played a pretty decent college uh, semester because I could only play for a year and a half. And the first half year was was um, we weren't a complete team yet, so we could we couldn't participate in the NCAA. And then I participated for one year, and then I was out of eligibility because I was already too old. But um, yeah, it was it was a great experience. I really I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, just playing a lot of matches, uh, physically getting stronger, new people around, um, colleges, you know, a great place to be. I was, I was in a, in a super fun city. So I yeah. think for my, let's say, second career on tour, I think it definitely helped. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I think uh, I was just watching a few uh, videos on YouTube and there's a lot of people singing your praises for like being one of the senior members of the team and how that you were somebody everybody could look up to. And they was, apparently you beat the two top players on the, is it on the, on the sort of tour the college tour, yeah. which was, um, yeah, like it was Martin Redlicky and Mikhail Torpgaard. So that were, these are obviously names that we know well now and yep. you were beating them whilst uh, playing in the college scene. So yeah, that's must've, got everybody behind you if you're the main yeah. man on the Arizona State. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course you try to do your best on court and you're still an individual on court, let's say, but at the end it's all about the to get a point for the team. And yeah. that was something unbelievable, I think, because you weren't only playing for yourself, but for the team, for the university. Um, we were quite lucky with, with some good crowds. And I mean, it, it got, especially when I played against... Uh, Against Redliki, we played. Uh, I think it was a Friday at 6 p.m. under the lights. I mean, it was the atmosphere was great. Some some uh, some frats came out to watch. Uh, some other sports came out to watch. It was super fun um, and uh, definitely one of the one of the best memories I've, I've had so far. Definitely, yeah. Sounds great. I mean, this is something I know not many other people are probably aware of all this college and playing in teams. And this is something when I was uh, playing tennis when I was younger. This we used to play in leagues where there was four of us playing and you'd be sort of seated in your own team, one to four, and you'll be playing the top two would play their top two and then you'd play doubles together at the end. I think this is just like a really good, like not only like team building, but a good way. There's so much camaraderie when you're all working for each other. And I think tennis can be quite a lonely sport when you're obviously playing on the tour. And I think if you get to know like a group of players like this, can this help? like players on the tour like when you already have like a group like a close-knit group of friends that you can turn to 100 percent um there's so many so many guys that i met during college and we still you know there there are 
quite some guys who uh, turned pro afterwards who just you know they want to give it a shot and and the level was higher than I actually expected um and definitely these days on tour um you see all those guys again you talk about those memories and about how you know feisty some of those matches got and how you know in the phase the crowd was and just uh now we can all all laugh about it but yeah at that at that moment it was it was pure rivalry it was uh it was um and then then actually our coach said that the the pac 12 the conference that we were in was actually super easy going he said because before he was um somewhere in florida and they said it was way worse like they didn't talk talk to each other before after the matches they were like super yeah so um but but definitely, I mean, uh, seeing those guys again on tour is just uh, is, is great to see, and that's probably one of the reasons why I really like to play in the states because because uh, playing college tennis is just uh, yeah, it's a unique experience, and and uh, it was definitely one of the better ones for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this year, really, in terms of a tennis calendar, it looks like it's very much coming to an end. Like maybe we'll be able to squeeze in a few things for the new year, but looking on to say twenty twenty one now. Do what's your targets and goals? Are you looking to be in more of the challenger events, or are you going to continue in the ITFs? And yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, it's um, to be honest. If 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 uh, I do hope I, I we can still play in in twenty twenty, but if we can't, then it also wouldn't be that bad for me because then I don't have to defend all my points. <laughs> Yeah, you picked uh, up so many points. (laughs) Yeah, I think think three fourths of all my points are in September, October, November. That's it. Um, But no, I mean, definitely, if if, uh, tennis starts again, I'd be I'd be happy to to go on court again because I mean that's what you want to do at the end. Um, But uh, I mean, yeah. it, it was going to be an interesting year for me too, because uh, I'm, I'm graduating in June also. So I would, I'd be done with my uni, and if you know, finally I could go 100% on tour. Um, and I, I really wanted to see how how that would play out. Um, but I do think it's going to be difficult to still play this year. Um, I think yeah. it's such an international competition. I mean, every country needs to be corona-free, let's say. And yeah, I mean. You can't you can't exclude one country because they still have a few cases. I mean, it's no. it's everyone or no one, and I think that that's probably one of the biggest biggest issues. What's your sort of view about uh, playing behind closed doors? Like, because I've there's a well, you've seen other other sport. One sport's already come back. One that is probably the other sport I follow really closely, which is the UFC, and they've sort of made a precedent, and they're just doing it in a behind closed doors, no fans. They just have the same sort of thing. Instead of two fighters, they've just got two tennis players. And you just right. have one umpire. Everyone gets tested before they go in. Everyone gets tested before they come out. And then there was one fighter that tested positive. He was taken away from the event. Uh, and then the event still went on. They televised it. The, the fighters still get paid. And I think the tennis players could still get played if they did this as well. Well, it's the same with football as well. You've got Bundesliga come back now as well. Yeah. Premier League's in talks to try and yeah. do something about it in the coming months or weeks. So, yeah, it's interesting to see what your view on the whole tennis behind closed doors thing is. Yeah, I do think, like, probably the main problem is going to be sponsorships. I think uh, many sponsors are, are doubting if, if, or maybe the company got in some financial trouble. I don't know. It's I think the the... The prize money and the sponsors will be will be tougher in the in the next few years, I think. But 
it's uh yeah it's tough to say it's very complicated and complicated situation at the moment and yeah it's tough to predict the next few months very yeah, tough for sure and uh i know that obviously we were supposed to be coming up to the grass court season with wimbledon this type of thing they were announced their cancellation pretty early i looked on your record i didn't see any grass court matches on there is there any reason no. or have you have you played in the juniors maybe in grass courts or not really actually um to be honest i wasn't i wasn't a great junior uh, i was around i think highest maybe 150 uh, which was quite disappointing to be to be honest um i you know i grew a little bit late i was i wasn't i was still you know kind of like developing physically when everyone was already kind of like uh being massive out there <laughs> so i was uh yeah, so all riding up helkers in the world. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I was, I was playing guys who were just, you know, massive, and I was like, damn. I, I was, yeah, I was definitely not there yet, and uh, uh, so, so I struggled a little bit during my junior career. That's for sure. That's all right, man. You're there now for sure. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like the the next few years, I really ended up, uh, you know, getting stronger physically, and. Um, when I reached, I think when I was 20, uh, number 400, I had the feeling I, I passed so many guys who just had a great junior career, but didn't really make a great transition to the, to the pro circuit. And mm. I think that was maybe one of the, you know, bigger, I mean, better things in, in my case, I was a little bit the underdog suddenly, and I could just play a little bit more free. And when I, when I went to the pros and, uh, um, That's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it was I mean, definitely, I would have loved to play the Grand Slams 100%. But uh, yeah, at the end, I mean, I'm just going to try to to play them at the pros, I guess. <laughs> are we going to see, uh, once you're back and into winning ways again, you're in such good form, are we going to see you make the transition over onto the grass court scene? Honestly, I, I, I'm really stoked to play on grass, actually. I, I think, it, I mean, I still think hardcore would be my, my best surface. But um, yeah, I'd be interesting how, how I do on on grass to be honest um i'm not the tallest so i'd be lower to the ground that's for sure <laughs> but um, i'm also not the, the biggest server um but yeah it would be interesting i'd, I'd definitely come over to england to play some and i think i think tennis uh, on grass you just need that all-round game though so you might yep. fit in perfectly uh, but yeah, i would was... love to see your wimbledon man that'd be, <laughs> that'd be the best yeah for sure yeah. we'll be cheering it. you on if, you, if you're in wimbledon <laughs> ever you just see us in the crowd cheering you on that's agree, and we and we drink a beer afterwards. Oh, that's that's, oh definitely. <laughs> not if you make it through to the next round, though, Chris. <laughs> that's yeah. after the tournament. After after after, after the tournament, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. I, I wanted to just quickly rewind. You were saying about passing people who you had played against in juniors. I wasn't sure if the, this was a match in juniors. If we rewind five years, I noticed on your record you played Karen Kachanov, right. uh, and uh, yeah, it wasn't. It was quite a close match, if I yeah, I think it was right. maybe it was like f- four and two or something. Yeah, like, yeah. It was, like it wasn't, how was yeah, how was played, he back uh, then? Yeah, I played him in a in a challenger. Um, I think I even, I think I even played him in the qualies. Um, I think when we were in because we have the same. No, he's one year younger actually. Um, he, we, I played him when we were twenty or nineteen, around something around that age. Um, played him on indoor heart, which was tough because he was already massive. Um, he was he, already serving. How tall was he then? 
oh, he was yeah already like one meter ninety two or so. I don't know how tall he is right now, but he was six he was, six now I think six foot. Yeah, six. he was nineteen. <laughs> he had he had a good beard, you know. He, his beard was gone already. Um, <laughs> one of those yeah. ones. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like our problem. I don't like mine coming through. His is already there. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, I, I've got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, he was he was already playing great. To be honest, he was one of the guys that that I, I said afterwards to my parents because they saw the match. I said this guy is gonna be this guy is gonna be pretty good. Um, he was yeah, foreign and serve were just massive already. Um, yeah, it was uh, yeah, just good player. He saw the game. He was he was playing super aggressive, but not like over the top. He w- he, he knew what he was doing, and uh, yeah, I mean that's why he's top ten probably. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. So to leading on from that, do you, today is there any players you've ever played who were like, wow, you're watching them thinking this guy's good. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to win this match. Is that like who's the one of the best players you've played against? Who you think this guy yeah. is the real deal? When we were really young. I played Zverev. Um, I lost in I lost in three. Um, played Kyle Edmund. Also lost in three. Tough one. Um, uh, actually beat Basilashvili in the in the futures. Um, oh wow! Yeah, it was like I played him. Um, I played him in in Qatar in a, in a 15k actually, and um, when he was around, I think 260, 70, 80, something around there. Um, I mean, played a, played a really good match, and then um, after the tournament, I remember I beat him, and then I think he won the next future, won the next future, won a challenger or something, <laughs> and played quarters ATP. Like uh, <laughs> you were his like, catalyst. <laughs> exactly. He was like, "Wow, I lost, I lost to this guy." Okay, now I've got a, Now it's time to now now it's time to fire it up. Um, no, he had a, probably one of the best backends I've ever played. He has such oh, a really? great back. His backend is. To be honest, when I before I played him and my coach just said, "Look, eighty percent serve to the forehand," and that's exactly what I did. And that was, I think, against him was a great tactic. I mean, his forehand probably improved also, and he maybe didn't play his best match, but um, his backhand was definitely his his best. Yeah, it's interesting because there's not many players on tour who you're sort of targeting their forehand. Usually, no. the forehand's a weapon and the backhand's more than just the defense. So right, no, <laughs> it just yeah. shows he the rips. level he was at. But um, yep. yeah, it's impressive, man. Yeah, yeah which, he rips. Yeah. <laughs> God, yeah, yeah, he's, he's really, and he plus he's such a like a long frame that it's so hard to beat him on either side of the court as well. He seems to be able to get a lot back in play due to his length. Yeah, he exactly. He he's actually really fast, and the thing that I really like about his technique is like he turns his upper body so smoothly, and and I think that's one of the reasons why he's so. Um, strong from both sides because he turns his upper body so easily, and I think that's just the main reason why he can generate uh, such a such a great power. Um, yeah. What was it like playing Carl Edmund? <laughs> it, we were fourteen. I remember it was a tournament in in uh, it was like a Grade One under fourteens in in Saint Genevieve de Bois in Paris somewhere. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, he he already had like a little bit of a. Uh, a little bit of a strange foreign, I would say, or or you know, his preparation is a bit is a bit uh, is a bit different. But uh, he already had a such a yeah, I remember such a strong strokes. He was already like a strong guy, and he you could see that he uh, yeah he he could hit winners from all over the court. Um, yeah, yeah. He wasn't that consistent yet, but you could see he had like the you know, like the something more than other players can 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 generate or, or have. And you could see that he was definitely one of the better ones, for sure. For sure. Yeah, definitely. No, nice. 
Is there any uh, player that, um, I don't know, that you'd look up to, like when you were growing up and just sort of playing in, I don't know, like the juniors, is there one player that you can remember just thinking, I just want to model my game around that guy? Yeah, actually, to be honest, I think um, Goffin is quite close to my game. Yeah. Um, he, around same length, uh, he, um, he just uh, sees the game so well. He moves the ball around like he's no so one else. Quick. Yeah. He's so quick. Goffin, so quick. Brand so quick. Unbelievable. Um, he um, when I I mean we we uh, used to practice somewhere. We did like some Davis Cup um, camps together, um, and he his return is probably one of the best strokes I've ever I mean seen or or played against. I think. I mean every time when I had to hit a second serve. I was like, okay, I'm going to start running. Like no matter where I serve, no matter how hard I serve, no matter, I don't know, I'm just going to start running. And, uh, yeah, Goffin for me personally is, is probably the, uh, the player that I, that I look up to and, and try to, you know, copy the, his game a little bit. Um, and then for the rest, I think for my game, probably Kane Ishikori is quite close. Also plays aggressive, tries to step in the court, uh, tries to take the ball early. Um, he probably has a way better um, uh, timing than I have, but uh, I, I try to I try to copy copy him as well a little bit. Um, but so you like the shorter, generally the shorter, quicker players on the court. So a bit of Schwartzman yeah. as well, Diego Schwartzman. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he's a grinder. I'm not a grinder. I don't like to grind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I have to blast Florence and because uh, <laughs> he's yeah he's a grinder and. Uh, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm a Diego Schwarzman on the court. Uh, I probably, you guys, if, if you see my matches, you can probably see that I'm just trying to rip forehands and try to run around my back end as much as possible. Um, Don't give away the secrets. <laughs> no, no, d- during this quarantine, I'm working my back end like never before. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's why I, I was going to ask you next, actually. That was uh, sort of ties in nicely. Which part of your, like, when everybody has a weakness or they have like a really weak part of their game that they really have to work even harder than the other parts of their game. Do you know which part of your game you just put? For me, it was always second serves were just the most difficult. If I didn't, if they, if they bounce too high, they points over like that yeah. type of thing. I mean, what, what for you? Was yeah, the... uh, actually, yeah, with my coach, definitely that's a good point. I've actually been working on my second serve like crazy because, uh, I was I was having a decent second serve, but but I just served way too many times, same spot, and okay. my opponents really started to figure out my game a little, and um, and I just started moving my serve more around the box, um, just uh, you know going aggressive to the foreign, even though the guy's foreign is maybe his biggest weapon, but just to make him think a little bit more, um, and then definitely I've been trying to work on my on my back end down the line. Um, just as more of a tactical shot to be able to play more forehands afterwards, because um, you know most of the players. I mean, it's it's still a certain kind of routine that everyone has. When someone goes down the line, you try to make him run by playing a cross cross court ball. And for me, I didn't really, I didn't mind because my running forehand and and I think my forehand in general is my strongest weapon. So that was something I was working on, just to play way more beckons down the line. It, you know, they don't need to be that close to the line, just, uh, you know, just center or, or, you know, two meters from, from the, from the yeah. um, what is it, the midline or it doesn't yeah. even matter. But, but at least 
the other guys don't have the don't have the space to go back to my backend and or or start start a backend cross ready. Um, so I'm trying to figure out a few um, let's say patterns with my coach that I'm working working on and uh, and um, yeah and, and definitely for some ten situations or some forty alls or I don't know it's it's so important to have good patterns and knowing that what your strengths are and your strong points and just try to uh, try to create a game around those around those strong points i think yeah yeah definitely have you uh i'm sort of moving away from that uh have you had any chance to get involved with davis cup stuff because uh, i know that you're i'm not sure where you are on the list like number seven is it or number yeah. eight in belgium at the moment it's uh to be honest it's definitely uh, short term it's definitely uh, one of my goals um we do have a strong doubles team at the moment with Sander Jill and uh, Johan Vliegen. Um, so they take two spots in the team um, because yeah. they're, they're just playing great doubles these days. Um, it makes it a little bit more difficult for the, for the singles players, let's say. Um, but yeah, at the ATP Cup, I, I, was, I wasn't too far actually because uh, some guys who were in front of me in the rankings, uh, Vanessa and the Grave, they were injured at the moment. Um, so I think I was maybe the next one. So, I mean, it's definitely the choice of the, of the Davis cup coach and the choice of the ATP, uh, ATP cup coach, um, to make the decision, you know, to, um, to get another player on the team. But, um, yeah, I'm not too far. And, and to be honest, especially after my college experience, I really want to play Davis cup so badly. It's just a great atmosphere. It's to be around with the team, to represent your country. It's, uh, it's, it's really a dream of mine, to be honest. It's one of my main goals together with with hopefully playing the slams one day but um yeah i'm, I'm really it sounds like you'd really love it man the whole togetherness of it and the fact that you're mm-hmm. not that far away from it and you're in you're in good form prior to all of this stuff going on like, i feel like it's some an achievement like a goal which is certainly achievable in hopefully the short term so yeah, yeah looking out for you man yeah you're the uh youngest of all of those uh people in that in that top bracket in belgium so one more yeah. year might be, yeah, true. True. Might be pushing um, it. True. Um, I really hope on short term I don't have to find my rhythm again after after the corona and after my injury because I I, I am a guy who sometimes do needs a few few matches uh, to really get in into the the good rhythm let's say. Um, but I do hope it, it, it's not going to take me too long and I can really really um, yeah pick up where where I left 2019 actually um, before my injury. That w- that would be great. I mean, I really hope to play some some uh, good challengers uh, to to get some points there um, and and really try to move to the qualities of the slams. Um, the sooner, the better, of course. But um, yeah, we'll see when that's gonna when that's gonna be when we can even start playing tennis again. Now the U.S. Open sounds perfect for you, man. One day that's <laughs> the one I feel like you've got the biggest shot at. Yeah, honestly, if U.S. Open, I think the courts would be would suit me well. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. You've already got a lot of fans out there as well, don't forget. So you don't have the crowd on your side. True, that would be awesome, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who is your favourite player on tour to watch? It doesn't have to be someone you play, just someone you like to watch. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be like one of the big guys, just anyone for a particular reason you love watching. I know you mentioned yeah. you love Goffin and other players like that, Kit and Shikori yeah. as well. Yeah. But is there someone you could, one person like you look at, you think, wow, I love watching this guy? Um, I do think, uh, Felix Aliasim is, is one of the young guns. I mean, 
he's going to be good. And in my opinion, he's mentally super strong. He has, he has no weak weaknesses. Um, physically he's an animal. I, I've actually seen him, seen him play already when I was, I think, uh, maybe 16 he came or 15 he came for a for a practice camp at our uh, federation and he was already playing a unbelievable level and then i think maybe a year later he took his first atp point in a challenge or he already went like quarters or something it was unbelievable and he was one of the guys that i'm really looking forward to see to see in the future what he's gonna what he's gonna perform in the future yeah yeah, yeah, I would agree completely. Like the whole build of him, his serves incredible. His overall game is incredible. He's already we've seen recently. He's got to a few finals, even in twenty twenty. Yep. It come up against Monfils and other people who are in like the top. He's in brilliant form as well. So it's like it's a bit hard on him, but that's the way it is. And the ATP, like you playing the top levels, you're always going to come up against someone amazing in the final. So yep. it's just almost there. It's just like I feel like in a few years he'll be able to like get over that final mark and be winning these tournaments and. It'd be 100%. interesting to see where he can, how far he can go. This guy, yeah, 100%. yeah, he's a good pick, man. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. some exciting players to watch actually these these days. It's uh, it's uh, yeah, it's interesting these days. I mean, I think I have the feeling everyone can beat everyone, and it's uh, the competition is really really strong. I mean, we still have the top three guys, but uh, um, no, I think everyone can beat everyone aside until it gets to a slam, and then there's only three people who seem to be out of win. They have so much experience to play on the big courts to handle the pressure. I mean, yeah. respect. <laughs> respect yeah, yeah definitely yeah, yeah. Well, I think we're going to run out of time just want to say thank you so much for thank coming you. on the podcast it's been an absolute pleasure definitely. speaking to you Michael and definitely was, yeah, yeah, thank you pleasure. so much it's been a pleasure just listening to you and understanding yeah. things because we always talk about you as well there's a lot yeah. of we love the ITF and other uh, different tournaments and stuff like that yeah. so it's yeah, been well, a pleasure to talk you to you thanks for giving me your time yeah hopefully to see yeah, you yeah yeah, yeah. Sure. we will do indeed mate we'll come and see you soon when tennis is back yeah, let's have a chat yeah. in real life. It'll be, yeah, it'll for be sure, great. man. Sports Social Podcast Network.